Okay, so it's been a, a very long time now, I think going back to episode 41, Crushes and Flushes, that coming to us from Hanover, Germany, Teresa, welcome back. Thank you, Clark. It's been a while. I know, and we had some technical misfires over the last few months trying to get a, get you on an episode. And um, anyway, we don't want to bore people with that. It's uh, It's good to have you back on hopefully a little more regularly now that uh, we have this new way of recording our podcast, which uh, this will be the first time doing it. So hopefully it all works out. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we start off with just a bit of catch up on you had a trip you took, which was right, what, two weeks ago, a week yep. ago, you got back came back. And it, Oh, and it was ago. in the COVID, under the new COVID rules and protocols and all that. So tell us a little bit about that trip. Right. So this was, it It wasn't my first trip during the pandemic, um, but it was my first trip in 2021. Um, first time getting on a plane in 2021. And I wasn't exactly keen, um, but my friend suggested we went to, we should go to Greece. We went to the beautiful island of Crete, um, which was sort of off season. Um, so we weren't expecting too much traffic. And I mean, overall, a beautiful trip, good weather, not too hot, um, mostly sunny days, fantastic food, great scenery. Um, it was a fantastic trip, but I, as, as we went there, I already, I'm, I'm not a great flyer. I've always been a nervous flyer. And, and you've um, flown a lot though, right? So I've it's, flown a lot, right? So, so it's a nerve wracking experience tra- often for you. Yeah, absolutely. But I've never been, I've never been a great flyer and I cannot get rid of that flight anxiety and the fear of that death you'd experience if a plane comes down and you're fully conscious if if that's what happens. Yeah. Anyhow, do you ever do you ever wait before you go on do you ever get those moments on a plane where you're kind of the turbulence are bouncing and you're maybe getting toward that landing or something feels a bit weird and you start thinking about all those things that loose ends that you have got oh, I back have, home. I have and- called the, I have called the, I have had the co-pilot come up to me and explain to me that everything's fine or, well, not, not so much me, other, a, a stewardess had the co-pilot come up to me and tell me everything is going to be fine. Um, and, um, it's, I have on occasions held strange, asked to ask strangers to hold my hand because that would comfort me. And it's, Hmm. and it's all got to do with really small turbulences. It's not, you know, as soon as the plane is fine and it's, and it's a smooth flight and, um, I'm watching something decent on television, I'm, I'm good. As soon as there is the tiniest amount of shaking or some sort of a noise, I get very nervous. Um, also, I don't fly like I don't like flying at night um, because I always wonder. That, do you remember that Air France flight that came down and they were kind of stalling, and before they they didn't even know they were going to hit the ocean because they couldn't see. Um, and so I'm always 
trying to look out of the window instead of trying to sleep at night flights, thinking like, can I see the clouds? And, this, you know, as long as I can see the cloud cover, I know we're still far up. And Oh, I see. Fine. So that's what you like to be able to see when at night is the ability to see it, the clouds so that you know... Be able to see we're high, high enough. Yeah. So right. uh, anyhow, and but I've again, I've I've flown a lot, been been around the world, and um, the way there was, oh, it's three and a half hours from Hamburg to to Crete. It's not very long, but it felt like it felt like in that same amount of time we just could have made it to Australia. It felt that long. Um, so that was really exhausting. Got there looking forward to the holidays. And then on the way back, um, we had some weight issues, had purchased some uh, knickknacks, souvenirs. We were overweight and then checking in with a whole bunch of other Germans. It was a German commercial holiday flight. Um, and so they... I think this, that means that it was a like a tour group sort of thing, or we weren't on a tour, but that plane was just packed with tourists. Even though it was off season, that was a a, a touristy plane because it's a touristy destination, right? It's not right. your New York, not a business trip or business yeah. trip, yeah. Um, and so they made you unpack every single kilogram that you had too much in your in your luggage and eventually we brought it down to being five kilograms overweight and we finally gosh we're just gonna pay for it and and we did pay dearly for that so that pissed me off already but they made me put the other stuff in my hand luggage so i had hand luggage that was really heavy um finally went through um customs and the security and then you were in the duty free and it was just a horrible horrible experience and my friend went to the restroom and as i stood there waiting for him i wondered if traveling has always been this shitty and we were just not aware of it or if it's extra shitty now and I cannot make up my mind because really none of what we experience in in these moments leading up to that flight had really to do with COVID. Um, we didn't even have to show our certificates because you had to upload that before. But it was just so many people, so much merchandise, so much selling, so much, who you know, suitcase to have you, you know, being exhausted, having to go into that flight. It is, I cannot imagine that I'll ever, well, I never enjoyed going on a flight anyways, as I just said, but I always liked the airport experience. And I always was excited of either going back home or going somewhere. And now I am, I'm not sure how long I have to rest from this stressful experience. And look, this was just an hour. Then we finally got onto the plane and then getting on the plane for another three and a half hours. That's just the sitting still. And you're not used to that anymore. I had downloaded Netflix and great shows and it, none of it would help. It just sucked and I was miserable. And these tiny three and a half hours could not go by fast enough. It was that horrible. I dread the time I have to go on a plane next time. So was most of this because just how long it's been since the last time or because of just the added complications because of COVID travel? That's what I just said. I, there was no added 
because we didn't have to show anything. We didn't have to fill out any forms. It had zero to do with COVID. It was just shitty traveling. <laughs> Apparently airports now in, in a, a specifically touristy destination it, like that is, is really shitty. And it was cramped and packed, even though it was the off season. And um, I cannot remember ever hating it it this much. And I think I'll give it another try. I'm going on another trip in um, December. Um, and I think I'll make up my mind about how much I still like going abroad or to destinations where I cannot take a bus or train. Well, you're planning a trip to Toronto next year, right? Oh yeah, fuck that. I mean, I have to. That I'll do, and I'll. But it'll be business class, obviously. Or it'll uh, at least Delta be more. Delta one. Of, it's it's not. Yeah, it's it's not a Cancun or a Mexico or like type yeah. of sunny sunny destination. So that might make it easier. Yeah. 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 I yeah. guess it's, we'll have to, and that's, um, maybe it's a positive side effect. I think in the future we'll, um, we'll weigh off the benefits. Like if I come and see you and, and other friends in Toronto, it'll be like, okay, I'll just go through that pain now, but I know what's waiting at the other end. So that'll always outweigh any complications that might arise. But, I think it it has really opened, and my friend said the very same thing, and he's been traveling around the world too, that it was an eye-opener of how shitty travel really is. Well, and you mentioned the business class thing, um, traveling for business. If you do get the privilege of going business class, it is it does get you in a zone or in a, a mode that is difficult to switch back to the personal economy travel scenarios. I totally yeah. get it. Yeah. First world problems, I guess here, but uh, but that's okay. I mean, that's we that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Yeah. So that was my experience. Um, Happy to be back home in, in Hanover. And that's a pretty big thing to say about this city. Yeah. So <laughs> Hanover, uh, I think we've talked about Hanover before. What's, yeah. why is that? Sleepy town, um, oh, all businessy or? It's, it's quiet, but it's really, really pretty. I said that before as well. Um, it's not London. It's not New York. It's not Tokyo. It's not Paris. Um, so, um, but um, I've made myself feel at home here, and that that's a good thing. I think the the sleepiness about it, um, and yet everything being available, um, makes it um, has a high quality of living. All right, so let's uh, get into our topics for today. We're going to sure. talk. We're going to talk about still in that COVID vein. Just we both joined companies uh, what a year ago in the COVID was at its high height, I guess. Uh, and so we're going to talk a little bit about what that experience has been like now that we've both been on board for a year at our respective companies. And then we're also going to talk about LinkedIn, something that I've always wanted to address on this podcast are these, I'll call it shameless self-promotion on LinkedIn that we'll get into the details of. And what we're watching, reading, listening to, we both have a couple things there and finish up with uh, weird news. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. All right, let's uh, let's get into the COVID one year later thing. And I don't want to spend too much time on it because we 
you know, everybody's dealing with COVID, but um, I guess the thought thought I had was, you know, it's a year now since I've been in a company where I've only been in the office once, probably a big difference between you and I, I've only been in the office physically once before. And that was just really just for a little tour of the office. So I've never worked at the office. I've never had meetings at the office. And all and so all of the meetings I've had have been through, you know, MS Teams or Zoom or whatever. And I still do feel this. It works to a certain degree, but there's definitely you miss those organic conversations, those by chance meetings you had with people on the way to the coffee machine or around the coffee machine. And so I I mean it's it's been a it's still a struggle for me in a lot of ways to get close to co- new colleagues because I just haven't had the chance to to hang out in the way that you used to be able to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry I never I, I never knew that you only had so little chances to hang out at your new office at your um, new employer for me it was it was different we were always allowed to come in but nobody was really there but um, the thought that I had when you and I um, spoke about discussing this topic on, on this on this episode was that when I joined my company you recommended a book to me um, that's called the first 90 days and it's sitting somewhere near but I cannot see it what the author is um and yeah your your background there isn't sort of that curated background (laughs) we are so often seeing these types of zoom (laughs) virtual calls you know the inspirational books uh, the carefully placed statue trying to convey (sighs) some sort of message which is a topic uh in of itself so yeah you're you're a little it's a little bit rough looking those books they're not in order of any sort they're just kind of and don't you think that makes me so much more likable it does it does i I have to say when i see those curated backgrounds with books angled just the right way that you can see their title or or some motivational College flags, uh, in, um, inspirational memes of various oh. sorts. Uh, it's not the journey; it's or it's not the destination. It's the journey and oh. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, Michael Watkins was the writer, uh, author of the book you're talking about, which I did recommend, and I've recommended to many people. So, what's what what makes you bring that up now? So, I you recommended it to me. And I, look, I did not have the easiest start in my company. Um, I, and I might have said this before, I've never um, worked in a German environment. I've, I thought about, I've never even had a German colleague in my direct team in my life. I've never worked with another German, though my current team is, is very, um, has a whole bunch of nationalities. However, it's a very German company and a lot of them are Germans. Um, And so the first 90 days and I didn't have a great start and I read through the book. I'm like, God, yeah, I'm never going to make this. This is no wonder they hate me. And I've done, you know, it, it just, we didn't hit it off on the right note, not on the wrong note, but not on the right note. And I just couldn't figure it out. And now that's been a year and that people are vaccinated and people are coming back to the office and we're hanging out on, 
uh, dinners and drinks and team events, and we've seen each other so often by now. Um, Finally, I'm getting all of the nuances and the politics and the culture and the vibe that goes on between people, because it's not just you're joining a company, you're joining a, what I would call a family of sort that has been working together in, in, in our case for many, 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 many years. These people have known each other, have tried getting along, have gotten along, have not gotten along, but they have mm. all been in place for so many years. And here's Teresa and she was new and she could not sit in the um, in her office and overhear conversations and and see who likes who and who's best buddies etc and so the f what my point is that during covid times the first 90 days is what in covid times is probably your first 180 if not 230 days i don't know what it is but um mm. it's extended that so much um well i guess i so could have expected that um but you don't because you join new and you're like oh but there's this book and i'm sure somebody really sm and you you swore by it and what it said sounded so true but it, i could not apply it to the current situation yeah, so just to give people some context around the first 90 days, so it's it's a book that is designed to bring people up to speed as quickly as possible within the first 90 days of starting a new job. And I've def I've used this book for job changes, for promotions, you know, whether it's moving to a new company or or being promoted within my own company. This book has been an amazing resource. So I highly encourage anyone who's starting a new job, even before you start this job, get your hands on this book. Because to me, the first 90 days starts before you even walk in the door. I agree. So it's a amazing resource. Um, some of the things in the book will be things like, you know, what, how to get to know your boss, what your boss expects, what your boss, how your boss likes to be communicated with, you know, is it weekly updates by email? Is it face to face? Is it over the phone? Tons of stuff going in there, figuring out what are you walking into? Are you in a startup situation? Are you in a sustaining success scenario? Are you in a a, a rebuild restructure there's that's the first thing and it, the book is kind of designed for like ceo types that are coming into organizations but it's amazing at any level like it tells you how to align yourself with the right stakeholders like who are your stakeholders who are the people that you need to get to know who are the people your boss wants you to get to know on and a horizontal I, and vertical level yeah right? absolutely it gives you so absolutely. much advice yeah, absolutely. So you're saying that because of COVID, it's almost like this. I, I, when I heard you say the timeline, I almost felt like you were going to say 45 days in a way, because in some ways, everything has slowed down so much, yet it's amplified because of the inability to hit the ground running because of the lack of face to face well, or here's a these nuances of being able to pick up signaling from people, seeing people, meeting people. It's all kind of drawn out because of it being, uh, you know, in the scenario of 
a virtual, a lot of virtual and, and the stuff you just can't do when you see people face to face. Correct. And I, and I say something very similar to most people that I currently, even when I introduce myself to clients on the phone these days, right? You're like, oh, hey, I'm Teresa. I've joined this company. Oh, almost a year ago. And it, it, it feels like I've only joined three months ago, but it's really just been a year. So the feeling is compressed into, it feels like really short, um, but you need much longer to get across to these advice 90 days. And I, even now I'm still meeting new people from my actual team. Um, there's one particular person, one of the first people I ever dealt with on my very first day, first deal comes in, first transaction. And we kind of didn't hit it off. It was just like, um, sand in a, in a, in a cogwheel. Is that the sand in the, well, oil and vinegar or oil and water or? Well, yeah, it's just, it was just like, you know, you think about a machinery and then you throw some sand and it kind of doesn't run really well anymore. Grinding up and. Yeah. Um, and it was, you could just notice it wasn't, it was just kind of like, ah, dread calling this guy and he probably dreaded calling me and but he lives further away um in berlin um and then just recently had the opportunity to come in for a team event and the minute he walked into the door of my office our eyes lit up and it's just like it was instant us liking each other it was instant my heart opened up and he had a big grin and same humor and and great jokes and it was just not the same the, the minute you feel somebody's aura and somebody's presence it might change everything that you think about them and feel about them yeah no it's so true that's uh i mean it's no secret face to face makes such a huge difference yeah. and i uh, i think you know the only thing i want to add to this is that um I find now, though, that as we're starting to get to the point where we may start going back in the office, there's been a, I've had a few kind of false starts where I, I've said, tomorrow I'm going to go in the office. And then once I start going through the process, I talk myself out of it. It's like, oh, yeah. uh, where are my dress shoes? Where is my, like, you know, gosh, I don't have... Uh, a proper pair of dress pants ready to go. They've got dust on them because they've been hanging there in the closet for so long. And Or then I'll just think, wait a sec, you know, by the time I get the next train, go down there, walk up to the office, I'll lose an hour. So mm -hmm. what am I, what's the point of this? Mm -hmm. Why don't I just sit at my desk or at the house here and work for 45 minutes and then I'll have that meeting and, you know, at the same time I would have in person um, so I've kind of talked myself out of it a few times. So remind me, you have just been to your office once? One time, and that was really just for a tour. Oh, okay. So I have now, I went almost religiously in the beginning as I started. And then I, I think home office is also a bit of a trap for exactly the reason that you're telling me. And they all are making sense. And just the getting ready and, you know, making yourself look neat and ready to be an office person takes 
energy. However, I find if I invest that energy, and I have spoken about this to a bunch of people in the office who face the same issues of like, yeah, but it's just so comfy in your pajamas at home and you save so much time. We... I'd say 85% of my colleagues agree that once we're there, we are a happier person um, walking through mm. those doors. And I know that sounds very mm, almost old school, like we're meant to go into like some sort of a factory and do some sort of a factory job. But it's, I think there is something in us that's like, now I'm here and this is my purpose and I get to there's nothing else but to focus on work. Whereas at home, I constantly think about, oh, the, the, you know, the dishwasher, oh, this and that. And I going to the office now because it's been such, we've been detached from it is a holiday for my brain. It's, it's my work brain is then where it needs to be. Um, mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. It's, I think about it a lot, actually. Um, and so, what, and now this, this is now dragging on the topic, but it'll be a hybrid for hopefully most of us, um, certainly. Um, so if you, and the good thing is, if you don't feel mentally up for it in, on some mornings, guess what? You don't have to put on your dress shoes and your dress pants. You get to stay home. You can still put in the work and the effort. Um, but you don't have to put on a smiley face for everybody you're passing on, on the, um, in the hallway. So that's good news for everyone, right? Yeah. And I like wearing slippers instead of dress shoes. Yeah, me too. This episode is brought to you by Pace Painting. Pace Painting, serving all your painting needs, whether commercial or residential. Reach Pace Painting at paintwithpace at gmail.com or via their Facebook page, Pace Painting Inc. Or call Peter at 289-356-7744. Paint with pace. Okay, this second topic is one that I've hesitated bringing up before in some ways, but it's one that's really agitated or aggravated me over, well, for as long, I guess, as LinkedIn's existed. I, I feel like, in a way, it's gotten worse in the last year or two, but I gotta, I gotta talk about it though, because I want to find out, is it just me or do you or others get this weird, cringy feeling when you see people on LinkedIn who post things like, you know, it's a real privilege to be nominated for XYZ award. Um, it's, uh, what else? Things like, yeah, it was a real honor for me to be part of a distinguished panel to discuss blah, 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 blah. Here's another one. It is a real honor to be part of a world-class team trusted by the blah, blah, blah. And I just feel like these are just people's ways of self-promoting themselves in just a way that really rubs me the wrong way. I, and we've talked about this and I, and I, <laughs> we've, we should have a little bell that goes off anytime somebody, one of us <laughs> oh says God, that term. Such a good idea. Um, we have talked about this even prior to the pandemic. I remember this. Um, the pandemic 
has now because we're less much we're much less out there i feel that linkedin texts around the very same things you've just mentioned have gotten longer and more extensive and i want to say there is even so much so of like a self shameless self promotion bullshit bingo like honored privileged I mean, it's it's so. Um, what's the opposite of a diminutive? If it's um, very large, what's the word? <sighs> well, it's it's just very extreme. They're using very extreme, like honored, extremely, and the best and the biggest, and and it's just always in its most extreme. All of these emotions are being put into very grand words nowadays rather than saying, hey, today I took part in a panel um, that was very interesting at a virtual conference. It has to be always we're on a hunt of um, when we're online of putting our words in and our emotions in just the grandest possible packaging that we can find. And it's almost like, I, I know exactly what you mean. And um, I sometimes avoid LinkedIn for that same reason. And sometimes I find myself going on to LinkedIn because I'm bored and I want to kind of dig like a truffle pig for these sort of posts. <laughs> I was trying to find some yeah. words that were, uh, that, that were considered antonyms for diminutive. Uh, and I don't know if well, any of these apply, but... It's um, just, yeah, me blanking out now immense jumbo leviathan mammoth monolithic <laughs> monstrous well monolithic um, probably right yes um yeah. it's you know everything is grander than the Vast. previous grandest word that expressed your feelings rather than saying like today i took part in a virtual conference and i had the opportunity to speak about climate change why not put it and and i'm finding myself liking people a lot more that just put on put out these bland sentences however though i i think i i might be one of those people who try to package emotions um into to me, words. what what annoys me about it is it's 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 really self-promotion it's not yeah. humble it's not um it's not humble it's it's a way it's under the guise of humility What's your favorite thing? The humble brag. And we humble have... Brag. I'm not sure if we've spoken about it. Well, you and I have. Yeah, we've talked about the the humble brag is certainly a topic I've wanted to discuss before. And if anyone is wondering what the heck that is, you've probably heard one before. My favorite example is the example of the, oh, you're so lucky to be driving around in a Toyota Prius. My gas guzzling Lincoln Navigator is a real pain in the ass. It's just so expensive to fill up every week. Yeah. Ah. So part two of this is the, it, it's the Good Samaritan posts. So the people that are posting things that they did that was, you know, really special or nice to someone. And I've seen one, there was one I saw recently where it was a, a guy posted a picture of this old man sitting at a table in a pub somewhere oh, I've with, seen a, that with one. a beer. And yeah. it said, uh, this old guy was being ignored by the wait staff at the town and country pub or something. Yeah. So I, I went over and I flagged down a waitress and bought him a beer 
you know, we should respect old people. They, they, they're people too. And so, of course, it's there and, t- and probably 7,000 reactions yes, to I this post that. and all the various comments that were coming in. So, that apparently this guy wasn't able to figure out how he had, to, he could, because of COVID, he had to use an app. Yes. to order his food yes. or his drinks. Yeah. And you saw all these comments like old people, you know, they don't always know. My aunt, my aunt doesn't understand technology. It scares her to death. Like just endless comments about these sorts of things. And, and I just, you know, you see the comment, oh, you're such a great person for doing this. And and I again, am I the asshole here? Am I the one that just should be well, like... Well, the, the thing is... Yeah, and then that, that's where the, the root of this is that guy, it wasn't just Clark helping out a, um, a pensioner who's like, oh, hey, thanks for helping me out. Now I've got finally got my beer. It You took it away from that guy and made it about yourself, right? It's that's, a, that's it. Now, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just going to use a word now that's entirely removed from 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 this and and that's a much bigger topic but it's a white savior it's it's a knight in shining armor sort of topic Mm. um where we're wanna have that role and it's with social media so many things then get get taken out of con out of context and it's your moment to to literally shine and be the savior of somebody else's i saw something similar and then people were not this particular guy who had apparently really trouble figuring out the menu but just an old guy um an older gentleman um having dinner by himself at a pub and a an influencer took a picture and said, isn't that really sad to see? And then she did a selfie of her looking really pretty. Um, and other people said like, well, maybe he just wants to have a dinner by himself. Let him. You don't know what the yes. story is behind that. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure that that man who couldn't use his smartphone was capable enough of flagging down the waitress himself. Be like, hey, sorry, I don't understand this. People are out there. Don't take away just because people are older. Don't just assume they're also dumber or they cannot help themselves. Right. I think you made a great point earlier when you said that people are taking these things and making making them about themselves. Yeah. Almost hijacking what we have no idea what kind of moment that was. I want to share another example. So, someone had posted something about the fact they went to a a coffee shop and they said they had to wait about 15 minutes and they watched this young lady barista, it says, uh, alone behind the counter. And she was had a big smile on her face and she was so pleasant. And she, people were being a bit mean and short with her because they were waiting for their drinks. And According to her, instead of feeling annoyed um, about the situation, she she decided to talk to the manager of this worker and and give her praises for how she had done such a great job, this barista, at keeping a smile on her face, and and that she carried the the brand of this coffee shop in such a in a high standard. And she she said to the the barista, uh, she she said how much she was appreciated it, and she says, "Well, I have no choice." Someone didn't show up to work today. And the poster's response to that was, yes, you did have a choice, and you chose to be here. You're awesome, and I thank you for the coffee you are now serving me. 
and also goes to add that she <laughs> left a a four dollar tip. Wow, so nice, isn't it's it? Just... Now, who is this about? Who is this about? The post poster or about the nice, uh, you... kind barista at the coffee shop? There is a gazillion stories about topics like that out there. I had recently something seen something very similar about um, people picking litter on in this was in the UK, um, and they had. Um, so a guy, his wife, and their two kids. They and he was a manager at a bigger company. They went out to pick litter, and um, then they made it all about themselves, right? And and so they were actually busy taking pictures of themselves picking up the litter, selfies than, with the like yeah. litter behind them in bags. I have and seen that just, too. It look there's. Isn't there a saying that says, do good and talk about it? And I guess that's, you know, take it out into the world. And so it's the message kind of spreads. But with social media, it's it's an infestation. And it's you, I, I don't think it's about, in a lot of cases, it's not about doing good. It's about you looking good, right? Yeah, so I guess listeners can either fully agree and say, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, or they'll just be like, you guys are a couple of assholes. Why can't you just enjoy well, what nice things are being put out if there? If you were a hiring manager, if if um, I barely post on LinkedIn, but um, if anything that is in a work context, I'll be sure to check a gazillion times over, I'll keep it really short. Um, yeah. Because just like you and me, um, if we were hiring managers, I don't know, that would just strike my wrong chords and be like, ah, yeah, no, not not that kind of guy. It's just too busy with themselves, right? Well, I think the op they're hoping for the opposite. You yeah. know, they'll, someone will see that and say, oh, what a wonderful person they, they are. They're good yeah, people. How- I want that kind of person. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read one more. Um, sure. It, it, it was the, uh, this one's kind of funny. It's uh, someone posted, this was back to the, they've, they've been recognized or honored or whatever. It says, wow, it's a real honor to be recognized for my work at ABC company and elsewhere as a top innovator influencer. So he's been nominated for uh, an award wow. here. <laughs> just- Good for you, Brad. God. Okay, we'll move into what we're watching, reading, listening to. And I know you had a couple things you were bouncing around. Ted Lasso was one that Paul mentioned in the last episode. Yeah. You had another one, though, that I can relate to because I've also started watching it. Why Why don't we talk about that yeah, one? Yeah, sure. Well, look, um, and it's nothing... I think everyone's watching it. The morning show. Um, I had gotten an. Oh Apple right, that's not the one I was thinking of. You're right. You changed oh, it. It was Squid Game. Squid Game. That, uh, I almost don't want to mention it because it's just so. It's you're almost uncool mentioning it. But no, I um d- during our time in Crete, we it well number first things first. Um, when I saw the trailer of Squid Game, like no, totally not my thing. And then <laughs> I I didn't see the trailer. I just kept hearing everybody talking about it. So I had no idea what I I knew it was Asian, but I didn't know anything else. So I I had Squid Game. I just thought there was 
sounds stupid, but I thought there'd be some kind of a squid and all this. Like, no, and there is, tra- I guess. Trailer, trailer didn't. It's did, like, I didn't see the trailer. Um, and I was like, nah, no, nah, it's not gonna be my thing. It, it looked, um, because it's kind of, I guess, almost like a bit dystopian, right? And that's not yeah, sort of yeah. my thing, and it, it'll bring my mood down. Anyhow, then I had read so much about it. It's like, come on, Sam, me and my, my travel buddy, let's give it a try. And we, we went through it within three days and it was b- absolutely brilliant. I'm still okay, I'm only sticking- on episode three, finished episode three, and we don't want to spoil it yeah, too. Well, I'm not going to spoil anything, okay. but it's just, and I will stick to my opinion. It's, that is not my genre, but it's brilliantly executed. Um, another friend of mine, however, because I'm I'm obviously watching the the English dubbed version, he says the. Is that how you watch it? You watch the English well, dub, like English English, right? But not the Korean with subtitles. So I watch it Korean with subtitles. Yeah. So I wonder if that makes a difference. Um, but who knows? I mean, the conversation is the same. A friend, another friend of mine, who started watching it, he said, it's. Um, it's very easy dialogue, almost like childish dialogue, but then there is so much mass and heaviness behind it that that combination makes it so unique and smart. Um, he, I think what he tried to ex- express is like the conversation the actors are having is almost like childish and squid game is a child game if we can spoil that much um and that's i thought that was an interesting take on it um well there's a poll for people do you watch shows that are in another language i know not you specifically but do people tend to watch shows if they're in a different language do they prefer to switch on the the dubbed over english or whatever language they they understand or do they watch it in the original version with their languages subtitles uh personally i can't stand watching stuff that's been translated or dubbed i i can't stand seeing the the mismatch in the dialogue and the mouth the lips moving yeah, yeah. And, and i wonder too like depending on the doubt the dubbing like how close is it and is it a dumbed down version of the real dialogue there is a youtube and i haven't watched it but there's um a lot of youtube um um, material now going into Squid Game and, and all of the layers you can peel back. And I think one of them is like uh, what it, what the English version really sounds like to a Korean version. If you if you if you know what I'm saying, like it's, I do know so, what you mean. Yeah. But then I well I live in Germany. I am German. I watch English whenever I can. Um, Scandinavian things, I they they're really good at making series and movies. I watch original language and then um, subtitles. In this case, I never. I I you tell me if my thought was it'd be too tricky to read and then watch it um, because there's so much you can miss out on. It's very detailed. Um, well, that's why I think the subtitles tend to be okay. So I think they're both kind of dumbed down a little bit. Like the the translation by well, I think the English acting, whoever's doing the English acting for these pr- shows, probably has to do some kind of acting in general, right? Now the old old martial arts 
movies where they used to do it was a bit ridiculous, yeah. like the, the dubbing. I mean, it made a lot of parodies of that. We were actually watching, my, when I first watched it, my friend was watching it bizarrely with in English with English sur- subtitles. And I said, Mike, why are you watching it in English and then watching the subtitles? And he says, well, because the dialogue is actually slightly different in the subtitles versus what they're saying. Yeah. Like, okay. And he's a, he's into what, he's a huge Japanese anime fan. So he's, and I said, how do you watch your Japanese anime? Is it usually in English or do you watch it the Japanese and then read the subtitles? And he said, no, I usually listen to it in Japanese and read the subtitles. So um, where was I going with that? I think they simplify the dialogue in the subtitles so that you aren't having to understand every single word that's being said. There's always anything that's in its original language because of how things are being said, how they're meant, and the cultural context is always best in its original language, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think that shows dialogue heavy, though. I think there's a lot of visual and one lines and two lines. And then that's what... And I wonder if that's, um, I'm really happy my friend picked up on it. It's like, he says, yeah, but the dialogues, they're almost childish. And I haven't looked further into it ever since he said that. But I'm like, maybe that is just another layer in this. And you'll find a lot of things on YouTube now is like, oh, 10 things you missed out upon, out on when watching Squid Game. Mm. And it's anyhow. I didn't want to speak about Squid Game. I um, but I know it's, you it's had the morning show. We'll show shave that one. Yeah, it's we're so late on that bandwagon now. I think. <laughs> well, I think because I'm watching it too. I'll yeah. I'll include that as my uh, as my what we're watching in the interest of time right. today. But I I have a what we're listening to, what I'm listening to. But I'll save it for my next for the next episode. Okay, let's move into weird news. We have a couple quick ones here. Um, first one is customer assaults store clerk with banana causes $1,000 in damages before being arrested. Just through, through the bananas? So it says here, a customer literally went bananas on a convenience store employee Tuesday morning using the yellow fruit as an assault weapon and destroying $1,000 worth of store property. The incident happened at 3 a.m. at a quick trip in Des Moines, Iowa, when the unidentified employee tried to intervene in a domestic dispute involving uh, 26-year-old Rogelia Tapia. That's when Tapia allegedly lashed out, chasing the clerk around the store and throwing various items at him, including the banana. When the police arrived, they ordered Tapia to get on the ground outside the store, but he refused him to comply. Eventually, they had to tackle and handcuff him. And uh, he continued to resist, and they were able to arrest him, and they charged him with assault on persons in certain occupations, assault, third-degree criminal mischief, and interference with official acts. Okay. Yeah, this was uh, this is an older story. It happened at New Year's. They said this was one of 270 calls they responded to on New Year's Eve. They say here that uh, they have a f- picture of... Um, one of the officers glaring at the camera with an expression that shows she's over it. The meme reads, that face you make when you're sent to help a man being assaulted with a banana. (laughs) And then I had another one here. Um, This was sort of a 
a little bit of a good Samaritan one. I guess this guy could post on his LinkedIn that he, you know, how honest he was. Man, <laughs> d- man, dumbfounded to receive forty-eight diamond bracelets in the mail by mistake. A Mississippi man ordered a wife, a two, his wife, a two thousand dollar diamond tennis bracelet for Christmas. Was stunned when he discovered the package delivered to his home contained not just one but forty-eight diamond bracelets and no receipt or paperwork. He says he just stood. I just stood there and just stared at it for several seconds because I didn't know what to do. I mean, I literally just stared at it, just dumbfounded. Apparently, he said he was a nervous wreck having almost $100,000 worth of jewelry on his kitchen counter. So he composed himself and immediately called the company. And uh, so they sent him a prepaid label so he could return the inventory. And then they uh, sent him a a thank you gift, a pair of diamond earrings. And the name of the company, coincidentally, Jewelry Unlimited. (laughs) I like that. Is that a... Is that 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 is a true story? You're not making this up. It's on Yahoo, um, and I'll post a link to it in the show notes. But uh, Yahoo Life section. That's good on him. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, in in one of our upcoming episodes, we should probably talk about karma because my instant feeling towards that story is like good on him. Really, really good on him. And he now does that diamond company. Can they? Who knows who it belonged to? Maybe they could have afforded the losses. But I just think somewhere down the line, you'll be rewarded for being that honest. And if you're not being rewarded for it, you're going to pay with a burden of having been dishonest. And so that weighs on your soul. And that's an interesting topic. We should have that one day. I think about karma and... These like these kind of things a lot. What a nice way to end our episode I, I today. I agree. A nice high, warm, and fuzzy note. Yeah, well, I'm thinking about the 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 skeletons in my closet now, but I also feel warm and fuzzy. <laughs> okay, come back sooner rather than later. Will do. Thanks, Clark. Been a pleasure as always.